and welcome to the Real Estate Matters podcast. I'm Stuart Norton with the Alabama Center for Real Estate at the University of Alabama. And uh, today our guest is Hunter Harrelson. Hunter, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Stuart. Yeah, you're welcome. So Hunter, uh, Hunter is the owner and CEO of Beachball Properties uh, down at the Gulf Coast. And so, uh, and also Hunter, uh, welcome to the Alabama cabinet, Beachball Properties, uh, just everyone out there, a new, new Alabama cabinet member. And Hunter, we're very happy to have you uh, as part of the center and welcome again to the podcast. Well, thank you again. I'm happy to be a part of the event with Acre. Uh, I loved my time at the university. I, I, I had to spend four years there, you know, like a, like a typical sit. So, uh, no victory lap, huh? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But uh, love to give back, love them back for the weekends, for the football games. Uh, if you can see my office right now, it's just it's covered up with Alabama stuff. There's no no doubt when you walk into my office, I pull from where I went to school. All right, well, good. Uh, yeah, good to hear. And so, uh, and that's um, that's just another. I mean, the you know things about Alabama, you know, on on and on. But the the alumni list, you know, and just the the, the connections you make at the capstone, you know, and keep throughout your life. Uh, I didn't go here <laughs> as I've talked about before I went to Birmingham Southern, but, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, I think if I could go back in time, I'd do it all over again. I'd check out, I'd do Bama. Why not? So, <laughs> Absolutely. so yeah, roll tide. And, uh, we'll talk about football a little bit later, but let's start off. So just tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, a little bit about yourself and about beach ball properties. Right. So I'm originally from Selma, Alabama, central Alabama boy. Uh, my father there is a, a large industrial contractor, and, and my goal originally was to go to Alabama and get a business degree and, and come back and help my dad run the business. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you at it, I, I decided to step out on my own and do something a little autonomous, a little different. At the time, I, I met my wife, and she had gotten into law school at uh, the University of Mississippi, so I left from an ad construction company, and I got into the, uh, the finance world, and I spent handful of years working for Merrill Lynch and Regions Bank as a financial advisor. So, you know, a lot of great training from, you know, two, uh, you know, prestigious companies that uh, probably some of the best training in the world as far as, you know, salesmanship and, and building relationships and whatnot. So, yeah. uh, um, I, I love that, but it, it, I just still felt like I needed something more. And again, I'm, I'm on autonomy and there's not a lot in that, in that career. So, um, there was an opportunity for us, which is a small, small book of business down here on the Gulf Coast. Uh, we came in, started out with 13 properties, and uh, my wife and I took her legal background, took my science background, took my construction background, and we kind of threw it all into a pot that uh, kind of helped us learn, you know, to be vacation rental managers because it's it's not really a degree you can seek out at, at the university or anywhere. It's uh, it's kind of a new trend. It's a new thing. That's a good uh, point. Can, yeah, it's a, it, it, yeah, it is. I, and I, you know, people on the Gulf Coast have been doing it for years, but just there was an additional way, and we can get into that later. But um, you know, we kind of wanted to break mold and and we on in, in a little over, excuse me, five years from thirteen properties to I think the headcount now is two hundred and ten. Uh, we've probably got about another twenty in the pipeline nice. that are that have either verbally committed or signed a contract and, and we really believe by next spring we'll get at three to doors. Um, so we, we, we enjoy it. We love the Gulf Coast. We love the part of this community. Um, but but vacation is a niche thing, but I, I'm glad my wife and I found our niche. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and good timing, you know, especially because how old's the company? Uh, we'll turn, I guess, technically we'll turn seven. Okay. Um, towards the end of the year, first of next year. Yeah, yeah. And so you've caught the whole, you know, the over the last seven years, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes, and we'll get into those in a minute. But uh, yeah, so you're, you know, well established in Orange Beach and Gulf Shores, you know, and, and I actually, I was down there recently. Uh, Man, I spent uh, spent a week on Little Lagoon uh, right before school started back. Uh, some friends of ours in Tuscaloosa have a place down there, and uh, and it's on it's on the beach side of the lagoon. So we would just uh, and the beachfront's great, but I kind of think lagoon life is where it's at. You know, with uh, fishing off the dock and you know just taking the kayak out. Not, the, I mean, the beach is great. I mean, the beachfront is the beachfront, but because uh, mm-hmm. we just walk across the street there. But uh, but yeah, man, it's. I, we usually hit the 30A area for the beach, but it was nice to be down in Gulf Shores uh, for a for a full week. And uh, we actually caught a few little fish off the dock. The kids, uh, my daughter caught four one day. She was just ecstatic. Uh, got her a little pink Zebco 33. So. Mm-hmm. My, <laughs> so, my daughter has, has the same exact thing they're exactly talking about. Yeah, well, that's the best kids ride out there because we've gone through a few, you know, and uh, – but anyway, yeah, it can't be the Zebco 33. And, uh, no, no. And, and you're hitting on some great points. You know, that's the great thing about you know, the, the 36, 38. I think uh, I've heard different versions. Uh, 36 to 38 miles of the line from Fort Morgan all the way to the floor of Bama. But, you know, you've got with everything. You can go to Gulf Shores. You can come in on Condo Alley and eat all the fried you know, fish and fried food that you want right there. The, the Soto and, and those different restaurants here, the original Oyster Bar, you can – Stay on the lagoon where it's quiet, not all it's going. But hey, if you want to go deep sea fishing and one more yep. boating life, drive to Orange Beach. You know, yep. like little islands. I mean, it's it's no crab island, but uh, we're pretty happy with with yep. the island and, and and whatnot. So um, no, it, we we feel like we give a lot. And then of course there's, there's the Fort Morgan area, which is quiet and tranquil, and they sort of add you know restaurants out there, be a little bit more of a feel. You don't have to, the trek back into Tennessee to get your seafood. So it, right. it, it's a lot of variety for people. And, and, and I even kind of said it on the, uh, on the, on the podcast, but a lot of people think of us as discount destiny. You know, it's, sure. uh, if you That's don't want to go, yeah. if you go fight the, the traffic and fight everything going there, you, you can go over here and still have a great time. You know, it's a little different. We don't quite get the, you know, the crystal emerald they get all year. You know, we can thank the uh, the mighty Mississippi and the sure. know, the Alabama Delta for that. But right, at right. the same time, and the Black still, Warrior, yeah, coming through. And the Black Warrior, all, all that, you know, five minutes way south I'm here, and, you know, jumps out. But it's still, yeah. it's, uh, we have it, and obviously I sell it out. And so, yeah, I mean. You know, the amenities of the Gulf, I mean, you did a good job kind of listing them and it's, but I always, uh, but just, you know, the fishing, whether it's like, you know, not just fishing, you know, just a lot of times you're just out there just pleasure cruising, you know, but the water mm-hmm. access is pretty cool. You know, Orange Beach Marina, we actually did a little, uh, just pleasure cruising out of Orange Beach Marina, but it's just, uh, I'm just continually amazed cause that's just not something I get as part of my usual beach experience. You know, mm-hmm. with the 30A area, it's just not, you know, boat access. It's, you know, we if you want that, you go down to Western Bay in Panama City or to Destin, like you mentioned. Uh, but yeah, but the water access and just, um, it's just something. It's pretty cool. And uh, and how Alabama, I've been reading up on the history of the Gulf in general. Um, 
pretty interesting. It's just called The Gulf, written by, it's for like 2017 from a professor at, at Florida. Just mm-hmm. about, you know, and it calls it the American Sea and it just how it, but yeah, but I'm glad Alabama, we got a little slice of Gulf run. I'm sure that was very, very intentional, <laughs> you know, in Mississippi uh, and, 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 uh, and on and on. But, uh, but yeah, but just keep talking about the amenities in the area. Uh, yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, our, our, our little flights here, and there's, I think there was a History Channel episode about, how, or was a show called How the States Got Their Shape. Yep. And, and Florida used to actually extend over almost to New Orleans. And yeah, to Baton Rouge. Yeah. yeah, so the feds came in and basically said, no, you got to give Mississippi a little, a little shoreline, you got to give Alabama a little yep. shoreline. And, and speaking of that, you know, until the oil spill in 2010, there was a great deal of the population that didn't know Alabama had uh, in uh, short That's a good point. I've come across many people. They're like beaches in Alabama. What you know, you know, from different parts of the country. But but that's a good point. Yeah, some people just right. yeah. I mean, I'm obviously a homer, but but I feel like you know the state of Alabama is one of the greatest states to live in. I mean, you've got mountains up at the top. You can get snow in Huntsville. Yep. You've got the the Black Belt and and great hunting and farming in yep. central Al- Alabama. Yeah. Um, you get down to the south. You've got beaches. You've got one of the largest you know, navigable bays you know in the world. Um, that you know Mobile is constantly trying to you know expand upon and add more yep. industry. So yeah, the you port. Know, you know the port continues yeah. to grow, and you know the yeah. Yeah, the rail access. I mean, it's just on and on. But uh, but yeah, just back to Alabama. But uh, I was watching some rock and roll history, a documentary. Uh, but Leonard Skinner, uh, you know, because those guys are from mostly from Jacksonville, Florida, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, why are they writing "Sweet Home Alabama"? Well, they would drive from Jacksonville, Florida, up to Florence to record. You know, at Fame Studios or you know Muscle Shoals Sound, one of those two. And, mm-hmm. but just, they would spend, they would pretty much drive Alabama, you know, uh, from South to North and, uh, and it's just, yeah, the rolling terrain, you know, you got the, you know, the foothills of the Appalachians up North, you know, and then the black belt prairie, like you mentioned then the, but it's just, you know, Alabama, the beautiful, right? I think that's, that, it. that's that it. says it all. That's yeah. exactly right. But no, down here at the beach, I mean, I mean that's, that's all, you know, my big promotion, but again, uh, you know, I mentioned from Selma, so I got that 10 Alabama so I can appreciate yeah. it all. Uh, but yeah, the beach is just such a great natural resource and, and, you know, the state takes full advantage of that. They you know, enjoy that we have the real estate and the vacation rentals and, and what we do and, and the, the five-star dining down here. I mean, yeah. we drive traffic from, I know it's really all over the world. I mean, we have, we've had clients come from Germany. Uh, yep. we've had Canadians. Um, we've even, somebody was joking in the office today about we need a Spanish speakers in the office because we've had a few few calls that we've had to you know, speak a little Spanglish to get to get our yeah yeah off. yeah family okay yeah family from you know yeah from Mexico Central America anywhere you know even from Europe you know uh, but, the, but the biggest is the factor on us is what we call in the industry we are a drive to destination so we are about a sixteen hour bubble of, from where we are that you can get to I think pretty much almost to Dallas to St Louis to right. You get on up you know, almost to D.C., so there's yeah, this round yes. circle of 16 hours, which also um, we'll get into, you know, 2021 was just a lightning year for us because of COVID, and with everything across the country shut down, you know, the Alabama and even the Florida coast, you know, we were open for business, and people sure. were coming from all around to drive down to, to get out of their house, to get out of, you know, yes. schools for clothes, whatever it was, you know, they were, they were, they were 
stays up as my dad says it with the with the kids. They yeah, but, yeah. And yeah, it's like fever, that's right. It's like a it's like that Stephen King novel, you know, where they're snowed in at that uh that hotel i can't remember the name of it but uh, hey, the shining the shining that's it yeah yeah you gotta get out of the house right yeah and and hats and hats off to local leaders because a lot of that you know was state and local uh but yeah but hats off to the local leaders in baldwin county uh also in florida you know and other you know they did a pretty good job managing the pandemic you know when a lot of people were shut down and of course being you know outdoor a lot of what you do at the beach is outdoors so that kind of helped you know and Actually, yeah, it was Orange. Orange Beach had a really big event over Memorial Day weekend that I am ashamed to say I did not attend. And I think you made it one night, but Fish had never played three nights in Alabama uh, ever. Um, they had never they'd never opened a tour in Alabama, and there's uh, you know essentially it's a you know spring tour. Their summer tour you know opens with three nights at the War Memorial Day weekend. Hate to say that I skipped it. I actually was up in Huntsville. I saw one night of widespread panic. And uh, but I listened to all three, and I was just like, "Why did I not go?" But you know, I could have. That's even wilder because that was the funny joke was is widespread in Huntsville and fish and uh, Arctic, and it's also like, "Wow, two of the biggest jam bands in the world are starting their tours." I know. Yeah, I kind of get you know, I kind of get widespread because they're from Athens, so that's not too far. Yeah, it's, it's but, Southern Rock. Yeah, but but fish that was the that was the the head scratcher. But you know, I'm actually we're, we're big sponsors of the Wharf, and we do a lot of uh, nice. marketing with them. Yeah. And, it's the the administrator over there that deals with the tickets that called me about fish and i knew that the other person their boss was like oh god fish they were like rubbing their temples like what is this going to be and she joked with him and me and said i've had more doctors and lawyers reach out for tickets than i have <laughs> exactly. college kids and, and yeah. said well these, these guys are not going to cause a bunch of trouble like you think they will <laughs> yeah yeah well it's uh your typical fish fan because the the band i mean they're the guys are probably late 50s like trey you know i mean mm-hmm. um, and they stayed believe you know because they're all family guys. I mean, they, they're all married. They all have kids. Uh, I think Trey's kids are the oldest. His da- He's the guitarist with the red hair. Big mm-hmm. red, as they call him. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, his daughter's, I think, like early 20s. But they uh, all four members of the band stayed at the Grand Hotel, which is pretty cool. And I um, actually got some pictures from, like, friends of friends. One was, like, you know, they were around the pool, and his son got a picture with Trey. Uh, but someone was saying, I just heard it through the, but Trey was, I could see him too. Cause he's not, you know, he's famous, but not really famous. You know, mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. really going to know him unless you're, but he was there in the breakfast buffet every day, just kind of chatting it up with your typical, you know, grand hotel guest on Memorial day weekend. And they all had their oh, family wow. and they all had their families there. So it was really kind of like a vacation for them. Uh, and I, and, and my thought when I first saw the schedule, cause I was like, wow, that's huge. Three nights in orange beach. One of my thoughts was, because they were booking this, obviously, in late 2021, most likely when the pandemic was still an issue. And I think mm-hmm. they just wanted to choose a place where they were as confident as they could be that the show was going to happen, you know, because yeah. it's, it's really difficult. You put all that work into it, you plan it, you schedule it, and then you have to cancel it. You know, I mean, it's just a big headache. Um, and so I think, I mean, that might, that's just speculation on my part, but I think that might've played a role. And also just the family aspect. I mean, you're there, you know, what a better place to spend Memorial day weekend. And that was the takeaway from a lot of the fans, many of whom are from outside of the Southeast, a big mm-hmm. professional crowd, as you mentioned. Yeah. It's a lot of, uh, accountants, doctors and whatnot, lawyers. <laughs> so. Well, when well, you talk about me going and, and, and the reason I ended up getting to go was it was Sunday night last night. And I was at a three-year-old birthday party, and the guy that invited me is an attorney here in town, and 
he said, he was like, Hunter, do you want to get a fish? And I was like, ah, I don't know. It's Sunday night. It's a school night. He was like, well, yeah. I've got an owner's box ticket. So I was right. like, yeah, I can go sit in the owner's box. <laughs> yeah, twist my <laughs> arm, right? <laughs> right. So it was funny, though. You know, that was my first ever fish concert. And for me to be standing in the owner's box, you know, 20 feet away from Trey, taking pictures with Dang. fans that were out there that had been to 30 concerts and never gotten that close to him before. I know they probably all want to throw tomatoes at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fun um, – yeah, it's, they just put on a good show. And, uh, they do. They do. The live yeah. show is, is the most – it's like a transformer up there and around. It's, it's, it's wild. But no, you're, you're, you're right as far as these bands. They, they like to come down here and do a lot of two-night shows so they can turn it into three-day weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I heard that uh, the Morgan one, you know, he came for two nights. And it's funny, Morgan Wallen, because he's still young, right? He's like 25, 26. I mean, he's still a kid. And they booked him. Instead of him staying at Toys or Kareem or anything nice, he stayed at the Spring Hill Suites right there at the amphitheater. Okay. <laughs> and, and didn't do anything wild or crazy. I mean, he went and saw some yeah. friends at the Floribama, and then he yeah. came in that night, and, you know, he wasn't like he had a bunch of girls on him or anything. He was just being a normal guy, just right. a normal 20-something-year-old guy hanging at each. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh... – and just the last thing on, you know, musicians, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of music. I'm no, no musician myself at all, but those guys, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you gotta be ready to go every night. You know, you, there, there are no sick days, you know, if you're, uh, or you just, you know, you don't feel quite, you know, you're not quite feeling it that day. It's like, well, I guess you just got to make it happen. And so, uh, right. I've got, I got a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of work that goes into, you know, a live performance, you know you know, all the details, but that's really cool. And also just the, the wharf itself, I've driven, I've, I've driven, I've been there by water, you know, just to go eat, never seen a mm-hmm. show there, but I've seen the amphitheater, but, uh, sounds like there's a lot of retail surrounding the amphitheater. So it's kind of an experience in itself. You know, it's not just an amphitheater sitting out there by itself. That's true. You know, the wharf is an interesting tale as well. I think it got built, if I remember it correctly, it was, Mid to late 2000s, and another developer had built it, and it was a lot. They had, you know, a lot of money they had put into it, and you know, then I think you know, it's like 2010. All of a sudden, there's 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 nobody's in the retail space. The place was about to, I thought it was about to foreclose. Wow. And then a gentleman by the name of Art Favre um, came in. He's out of Louisiana. He's a big industrial contractor. He does the same stuff my my father's company does. He just you know, ten times the scale. Right. Um, he's saying, you know, Louisiana, Baton Rouge guy comes over, invests in the war, fixes all up, puts the money into it. And I just heard the other day that, you know, they have no retail space there. The, the old joke used to be, if you need an office, oh, you'll just go find some space at the war. <laughs> you can't get space at the war now. Now there's a waiting list to get there. Right. But, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's food shops, there's candy shops. They've got the, there's a Kentucky distillery in there. There's, okay. uh, there's a new bar called Tap where you go in there with a, with the glass and you just, it, it somehow basically uh, lays your cotton. You put your little thing in there and it, it knows exactly how much beer to put in from what beer you fit. And the end of it, I think there's a tracker in your uh, glass some type of way that knows what you drank or how many ounces. And wow. You at the end. That's um, really cool. I've heard about those, cool. but never been to one. Yeah, that's that, that sounds awesome. And then there's a dive bar that technically has to go bathrooms because the water's actually been designated an entertainment district. So you yep. can walk in and get a beer, walk around. 
Um, there, you know, so the joke is the, the ladies go into all the shops and shop and buy and spend, and the guys go to the bars or the daiquiri bar and get drinks. And then the kids area. I mean, it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a cool place to go. They they're yeah. expanding. They just built a new gas station. They got stores there. There's the Oasis. Yeah, um, I think family. There, yeah, it's very different. I think they even got a they even got a spa over there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, um, something for everybody: the kids, mom, dad, everyone. So, uh, well, wonderful. It's kind, of, it's kind of it's kind of if you want to call it downtown Disney, it's kind of like downtown Orange Beach. There's yeah. not really a true downtown. So everybody yeah, goes yeah. there for the for the stuff. Yeah, it's a center of uh, center of activity. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's focus on the so the area growth. You know, we all know that Baldwin County has been growing recently. Uh, one of the fastest growing counties in the state, I think. Um, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but just talk about the area growth, you know, and just the vision for the future, you know. Uh. Right. So, so yeah, Baldwin County, we always kind of joke, my, my aunt's from Huntsville, so we, we always kind of pick at one another about who's growing the fastest and getting the most people. And a, a big trend on that, Stuart, is just because You've got all these people now that are working remotely that'll probably never go back to an office again. Their their companies realize, hey, we can save on office space, and they did their job efficiently, and we lose any money from them working at home. So people are like, why not go live at the beach? Yep. And you know, I, I I don't you know down here we don't use the H word. They're like Beetlejuice. If you say the word three times, one will show up. But after Sally came through, um, you know, some of us were like, man, you know, what's the real estate market going to do down here? And Little did I know it was going to shoot out like a cork. I mean, yep. it took off, and it took off everywhere. But down here, especially, um, I had a house that, that I was selling. I bought a new house and had the other one under contract right before Sally. Well, unfortunately, it, it had flooded because it was like a hundred flooded Sally. A storm so surge? To, was that yeah, a? Yeah, and, and it came in and out. It, was, it it wasn't even long how long the water you know, right. got into the house and receded back, but. You know, you've got to cut it out up to, you know, 24 to 48 inches. You've got to spray yeah. it all down for mold, mitigation, so on and so forth. Right. So, unfortunately, I had to bust that contract up. Now, at the time, I had that three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,800-square-feet house under contract for $260,000. And how long ago was this? That was, that would have been right, that would have been September of 16. Okay. So September of 16, it's under contract for 260000 I had to gut it, clean everything out, redo the kitchen, redo the bathroom, so on and so forth. Fortunately, the tile was all good. I listed it back for sale, and I ended up closing the following year, 2021, for $340,000. Wow. Yeah, that's was, uh, that's like 50%. Yeah. It, it, it was wild. But but even then, I got you know, a, a Zillow's estimate the other day said the house is probably worth four fifteen now. So, I mean, you know, uh, right, I just yeah. on the upside, but, but how much, you know, how much do you leave on the table? Or yeah. you know, if I didn't sell it fast enough, um, you know, we had a big sell-off even within our company. I think we had, last year, our rolling average, we had about 170 properties. I had 170 properties, 33 uh, sold, which is, gotcha. which, is un- yeah. which is unheard of for us. Normally, normally there's about a 5 to 10%. Uh, you know, sell rate within a vacation rental book of business, and and there's about a five percent you know spillage or turnover rate. People just yep. you know they're, they're going to sell or they're going to make changes. Yeah, you know, last year, gosh, it was you know, it was at fifteen to twenty percent. So it was it was a lot more of us kind of you know going, oh my gosh, we got we got to sell hard to bring more. Yeah, now now I say that way with me. On the flip side, we added eighty eight properties. So okay, yeah, so you're growing. Yeah. The market. So we were yeah. still growing. We were still net positive. It was still great, but 
but that's what's crazy for me to watch real estate. You know, people buying and coming to me. Right. You know, we may be you know pushing seven years, but we're still kind of the new kid on the block down here. I hear you. Um, yeah, and. So, it's- so, I was just going to say, speaking, adding to that about price growth, uh, I heard a a really good economist speak uh, recently. He actually, uh, and check out our commercial real estate conference. It's in February. We'd love to have you attend, you and your team, if you can make it. Um, But uh, but an economist, he's from the Montgomery area, uh, but he, you know, he'd had a beach condo for a long time. I think he bought it in the 90s. Um, And but he, he sold it during the pandemic, you know, because just the money was kind of, you know, and he was kind of nearing retirement age. Um, you know, and I'm sure it was a pretty, you know, uh, you know, just the appreciation over time. I mean, just, I just try to think back to how much has changed, you know, in the nineties, you know, when you still had beachfront available, you know, and not to mention all the other areas like on the lagoon and other areas that are desirable, even though it might not be, you know, right there on the beach. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people, you know, they've had a place or a family, you know, had a place for a while. I mean, it's just, um, like a lot of other markets, you know, everyone's seen strong growth, but it's really been in kind of overdrive, uh, especially with that influx of people from, you know, new regions. Um, yeah, and, and if there's any advice I could give to anybody listening to this podcast that's, you know, ever thinking about getting into, you know, the investing down here on, on the beach, um, you know, you always want to look at, you know, your value of, of what you're buying compared to what the rentals are, yeah. but, but have the thought process of buy and hold. Um, if you're going to buy a rental property, investment rental property, not, and I'm not talking about, and we'll get into long terms later, but a short-term rental, you need to have a 10-year plan on it. Um, if you get yeah. in trying to jump in and jump out, it, it's not going to work yeah. out for you. But, but, but here's a prime scenario just for people to think about. In 2009, one of my current clients was living in Huntsville, came down here, and San Carlos Condominiums was doing an auction. They were auctioning off you know, foreclosed condos. And she was able to snag a two-bedroom, three-bath at San Carlos for $250,000. That condo today, I think she has listed for like eight sixty-four. dollars <laughs> Right. Now, now, here's the flip side. Now, I've kind of had a conversation with her. I put my financial advisor hat on for a minute. Yep. And she's determined to sell. But she pays $250,000, right? I rent it for it, and she does about Fifty to sixty thousand dollars in rentals. Now I'm yeah, a quick math kind of guy, but I'm going to tell you yeah. that's north of twenty percent return on investment. Yeah, that, that, that you can't a, beat that. <laughs> you can't beat that. There's not a financial advisor on the in, in the world right now that you can say, "Here's a quarter million dollars. I want to turn twenty percent." Exactly. So, yep. so and have is, a and have a place at the beach. Or my my father's a good example. He bought a three bedroom, two bath condo in two thousand nine. Nine or ten, somewhere around there. I think he got it for three forty, and he could sell it right now for probably seven fifty. He'd get he'd somebody buy it real quick, but he's making fifty thousand dollars a year on that. Now, of course, and that's, that's is that after hold. his uh, after his fees and costs? Yeah, so. that's after fees and costs and everything. He's he's turning just north of twenty percent return on investment. That's amazing. Um, and then he's got another house that he bought right. I think it was in twenty late twenty seventeen. So even where everything kind of got jacked up, or I say jacked up, or started you know to ratchet up. Mm-hmm. Um, he paid two seventy five, put a pool in. He's got about three twenty five, three thirty all in it. Um, it does about eighty thousand dollars a year in rent. This little house wow. does. So, so that's where I try to make myself a resource to tell people stories like that. Like, you know, find what works best for you. If you want a condo, we'll find you the best condo that's going to get you good return. We can help find you a, you know, a house that's going to get a good return. But 
you've always got to play the Asian game as well. So what you're buying today, it, it, it may seem like you're kind of right at break even, but as the longer you wait it out, the more rentals and inflation will yep. up. And or 10 years down the road, the natural inflation in a real estate market, you're going to be able to sell it for profit. So, so don't try to get in and out of these things. Yeah, and, fund, you know? yeah and that's what people were, you know, in the, you know, because I, I think today's, economy and today's housing market is obviously very different than it was, you know, 15 years ago, you know, in the mid 2000s, when it seems like flipping was all the rage, you know, everybody was just thinking short term, you know, and, but yeah, but with your transaction costs, you know, uh, I agree entirely, you know, just hold on, you know, I like, I like that the 10 year plan, evaluate it in 10 years. Um, and, And of course, and of course, I'm, you know, Stuart, I'm talking very heavily, you know, on the market down here, but, you know, for the rest of us, there, there are opportunities, you know, throughout our state and, and even in other areas. Yeah. Um, you know, I use Austin, Texas uh, as an example a lot of times when I talk to people. You know, Austin is a huge hotbed for Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. And it's these, you know, professionals are coming to Austin. You know, they, they've kind of become the, the, the Silicon Valley of the South. Um, so people are coming in and going and people are shifting away from that traditional hotel feel. They want to kind of come in, have their own place themselves, maybe you know, grill out or maybe cook or, you know, they're in for a couple of days. So there's a lot of you know, apartments and, and houses around the Austin area. And, and I've even heard, you know, Birmingham starting to get more Airbnb. Uh, and Tuscaloosa. And, there's a and ton. Tuscaloosa. Yeah. And it, I think it's, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's healthy, uh, mm-hmm. cause it's just, it's another option for consumers, you know, um, and, and I agree it, when it comes to, you know, hotels are great, but, you know, for certain, you know, sometimes it's just nice to feel like you're, you know, a part of the neighborhood, you know, you're just, you know, you're not in the hotel. You're just kind of, you're seeing it as a local would see it and experiencing it. Like you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, cooking out, you know, walking the neighborhood, you know, meeting a few people, that kind of stuff. But, uh, exactly. but yeah, in, in Tuscaloosa, uh, of course you have your game day rentals, but, um, but was talking to a friend of mine. He does. He has several. He has a lot of rental properties. Some are long term. Some are short term. Uh, but he he uh, mentioned that uh, he said his busiest days of the year are graduation. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know you have mm-hmm. May graduation, the big one, uh, but you also have August and December graduation. And mm-hmm. and uh, and he made a good point. He's like, you know, you're not going to bring your grandma to LSU for the game, but you know, grandma's definitely going to come to the graduation along with everyone else in the family. So it just makes sense to have a house. And, uh, a lot of those on the lake, I have several friends with lake places that are, they rent them out as short-term rentals. And a lot of their clients or families, either for game day, graduation, parents weekend, you name it. That's right. I mean, one of my first, I guess my first introduction to this type of rental was, I mentioned earlier that my wife went to, to the university of Mississippi I can call it Ole Miss that everybody will know. But we were, over there, we were over there in Oxford, and, of course, we're not Ole Missans. So we would travel to Tuscaloosa, and if Ole Miss ever had a game that lined up as a home game that we were headed over to, to T-Town, we'd rent out our house to game day people. And yep. they would, you know, pay four, $500. I mean, we were making like $1,000 a weekend. So, you know, we had extra, you know, Beer money, you know, when you're, sure. when you're here in law school, right, you know, she's, you know, we're scraping home, you know, her student loan, you know, what little bit of money making as a, you know, full-time commission, you know, financial advisor, it was nice to have that extra income. Yeah, so, absolutely. 
Okay, it's, it's, it's definitely a market. So it's not just all, you know, just strictly vacation rentals. You've got your, your couch surfing type. You've got your, heck, we're, we're going to New Orleans uh, here in a month for wedding, and we rented an Airbnb in the French Quarter that's you know, two blocks from Bourbon Street. Man, that just nice, sound, that yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's a definite new shift. Um, I think a lot of this really started to up around 2016, 2017. I think Airbnb was, I guess, quote unquote, invented in 2008, 2009. And, and it was a tech guy that was trying to make extra money. And he went out his couch in his spare bedroom to people that were yep. you know, coming to, I think, it was San Francisco or Silicon Valley. Somewhere yeah, there. yeah. It's, so, it's a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and they were actually, I think, I think breakfast initially was part of the plan, you know, that yeah. one, they were literally going to try to like, you know, maybe breakfast could be included. Then they just sort of dropped that. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember the exact story, but yeah, there's a very fascinating history behind how they got up and running. And so, yeah. uh, so kind of shifting uh, to the economy, you know, because, you know, you read the headlines, you know, uh, like, like I do and everyone does, you know, and there's a little bit of talk of recession. I don't know. You know, I've read, I've kind of read it both ways, you know, but there's always a recession mm -hmm. on the horizon on one hand. Uh, but at, on the other hand, it's like, well, you know, it might be mild, you know, it, it might impact more regions of the country greater than it does others. Uh, but what are your thoughts there? Just uh, especially as it relates to the, the Gulf region. So it, it's interesting to kind of look at, you know, as far as the recession goes, um, yeah, I was in school in 7 8, so I, I guess I was kind of protected or, or clouded from it all. You know, I saw the effects, you know, out and about, but that recession was based on a uh, on an exact bubble. I mean, you can go back and look at, you know, the, 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 what you would call predatory loans and the loans that were yeah. that were given to people that didn't have it. I mean, that, that was built on a, that yeah. structure. Yeah, bad loan, yeah. Very Yeah, this recession is a lot different. And in my opinion, I think a lot of this recession is based off of COVID. Yeah. Um, now, of course, you can't have a bull market for, for forever. I mean, there's obviously got to have, have some barriers. I mean, that's just part of it. It's, you know, things have got to come back down to earth a little bit so that they can build back up. Right. But I, I feel like a lot of this is being choked down because there was so much industry loss in 2020 and into 21. They've got to put in some ways to to make that money back, right? You know, the, yep. the, the, yeah. And I won't get politics on this podcast, but you know, I feel some of this is is, is pressing, and there's a lot of pressure now. When you when you talk about the Gulf Coast, we're still very bullish. Um, I talked to some of my peers that were in the industry um, back in 2008-2009, and they say that dry two markets like ours um, had some of their better years. In, right. in, in the recession and the reason being was he had a joke is you know that hair salons barbershops and and uh bars are always going to survive a recession because people don't have to get a haircut people are always going to get a beer right yep um, I, i've heard that vacations have been kind of lumped into that that you know maybe you might not come and spend the entire week with the whole family but by god you're going to get a vacation and you're going to come down at least for three days of your your week vacation and spend some money and time at the beach Everybody, yeah, everybody needs a getaway just, you know, just to recharge the batteries, even if it is, a, you know, a long weekend. Like, right. that's a good point. So they, so they will, yeah, reconsider, you know, taking that trip to Jamaica or to the Bahamas where, you know, the flight cost and everything else involved were like, hey, I know gas is, you know, double the price it was you know, a couple of years ago, but, you know, we can drive from, from Birmingham or Nashville or wherever and be at the beach for, you know, a couple hundred bucks. 
um, rent something for three or four nights. So what we have to do is, you know, with vacation rental managers is we have to shift our strategy. So like one of the things we did this year is we saw this kind of coming on is we shifted everything to a three night minimum with the exception of, you know, large houses. Large houses are still going to be found at plan a year in advance. Right. But most of our inventory are three night, short term. Uh, we've had people tell us that they, you know, they'll go to Biloxi for a couple nights, gamble. Oh, and of come course, over here. yeah. Uh, you know, for three or four nights. Some people come here for three or four nights and then go to 30A and meet up with the rest of the family. So you've got to you've got to be flexible. So that's one of the things we've done is, is we've shortened up our, our stay. Um, we use a dynamic pricing model that, that goes out every day and reads the supply and demand curve. It looks at how many bookings were booked in the market this day last year compared to this year, how many bookings take internally this year versus last year, how many bookings did I make yesterday, and how many bookings did I make a year ago plus a day. And when it starts to read that, like, hey, you know, there's there's less demand, but there's a lot of supply, it starts backing my pricing down so that if there's only going to be 25% occupancy this week, but you want to make sure that your, you know, your products are within that 25% of pricing. Because I can tell you when, when Joe and Barbara are coming down from Birmingham for a three-day weekend in September, and it's your condo versus your neighbor's condo, and you're... 75 bucks for they're going to book you. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so yeah. Those, those are the kind of strategies that you know, we're going to, that we're implementing now to kind of be uh, recession proof. And then inwardly as a company, um, we're hammered down on growth. We're, we're trying to add to our inventory to, to balance out any type of you know, negativity and occupancy. Like, like for example, last year, um, so here's an interesting aspect. This year, Easter was late. What I mean by that is Easter wasn't until mid-April. So what happens is when Easter is in April, what does that mean that happens to Mardi Gras? Mardi Gras is going to get pushed back as well. So Carnival season. Exactly. Typically, we have two weeks of heavy spring break in March, and then we get Louisiana spring break in April. Well, this year, because of the late Easter, Louisiana spring break was actually in March. So if you only have X amount of inventory, it's kind of like a restaurant. You can only turn so many tables, right? Yep. I only have so much inventory. I'm booked up to capacity. But then April's occupancy now is down, you know, 20%. And then May this year, because schools were back in full term, May actually dropped from 88% occupancy in 2021 down to around 70% occupancy this year. Still higher than numbers we saw in 2018 and 2019. Interesting, yeah. But lower than what we saw last year. So I had a lot of owners going, hey, we're not making this much money in April and May, and, and I have to do Zoom calls and, and, and recordings right. with my owners to explain, well, you know, different trajectory, different occupancy, different things here and there. So um, that's what we're always doing is moving around. But, but again, that's not based on recession. That's just based on you know, life going back to normal. And the calendar, um, yeah, and the calendar being a little different. Um, right. And then as far as real estate agents are concerned, I've been talking to you know, my different you know, buddies and peers here in the industry, and a lot of them are some bullish. Now, they do feel like some of the people that jumped in the market last year when it was, you know, could put a listing up and it was it had three offers within an hour. Um, some of those people, it may weed out because it's going to be a little bit harder because inventory is down. And, you know, you always kind of see that on Facebook, like we see comments like, are you sure about price improvement? You know, we know that the real estate agents are getting, you know, they're having, to, they're having to drum up business again, unlike last year where it was just like, Hey, yep. here's a listing, boom, yeah. here's a listing, boom, right. sell. Yeah. 
Yeah, demand's um, yeah, demand's cooled a bit. But they're still but they're still bullish on our area and people coming to the area and a little bit with those prices peeling back. You've got a lot of cash on the sideline still. You Remember do. I said it's not like two thousand eight. I mean, I know people like my dad that you know, he's he's wanting this thing to, to ramp up a little bit because, you know, I, I hate to say it, but blood in the water. You know, these big investors with cash are way to see, you know, yeah. prices peel back. And if prices peel back, they're going to come in and buy. So, you know, I don't see that all, uh, you know, I kind of feel like we're bubble proof down here, um, which is good. And, and I feel the same way about Huntsville. I mean, Huntsville with all the, you know, the industry going in there and the FBI and Redstone. Yeah, and yeah, they're, 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 yeah. The government, uh, yeah, the government contractors, uh, and, and that's probably not going anywhere, you know. And, no, that's, that's not going anywhere. Now, now my friends, you know, in, in, in central Alabama, you know, they, they may see a little bit of different because you, you've got poor Selma. I say poor Selma where I'm from. It's one of the fastest shrinking cities, I think, in the state. You know, people are people are moving yeah. away from that area. Like, so like, like many other, different. yeah, like many other rural areas. Yeah. Everybody's transitioning back to cities again. I guess that's the natural 80-year cycle, right? We go back to the cities and then grandkids get to cities, so they move back out to the country yep. and vice versa. Right, right. And, uh, and yeah, in Birmingham as well, because uh, I was thinking about, you know, the impact of Birmingham, you know, 2007 to 10 and it was kind of minimal because that's really when downtown started to come alive mm -hmm. uh, you had a lot of uh you know and you would that's when you started to see uh like downtown birmingham you know you got north side and south side you know historically north side where all the high rises are um you know there wasn't really nightlife there there were restaurants but it's like a hot dog or a lunch spot you know it's mm -hmm. not nightlife and now second avenue north I mean, that's where Helen is, you know, one of highly regarded restaurant, you know, but bars and restaurants on Second Avenue North, uh, that, that was, you know, when I was in college, you know, uh, that was around 2000, that was unthinkable. Everything was on South Side and there's still, and it's still there, but, but all to say that Birmingham, you know, um, somewhat recession proof as well, because, and interestingly enough, you know, Birmingham in the thirties was hit very hard just being an industrial city. Um, and the impact was very severe, but this last go around, you know, cause Birmingham being like a legal, you know, a legal hub, think of all the law firms, banks, insurance, you know, professional services. Uh, so somewhat kind of, you know, not, not recession proof, but somewhat recession resist, uh, resistant, I guess I'll say. Right. And it, and it being, you know, it's not the capital, but many think of it as the capital, you know, it's the, it's the, financial, it's the financial center of the state. We can say that. It, it absolutely is. And, and uh, Birmingham is, is a very interesting city. And it's interesting you mentioned them. Um, bringing it down here to the B, you know, there's Fisher's Restaurant here at Orange Beach Marina. And Fisher's, during the summertime, does this series where they bring in uh, these James Beard award-winning chefs and, and they do these wine pairings and you buy wow. these high-dollar tickets. And my wife and I, we usually go to a couple of them a year. And this past week, uh, they had Blackberry Farms, which is out of, I think, Tennessee. Yeah, um, I've heard Blackberry about that. Farms, their brewery, their brewmaster came down, and they did a beer pairing. They brought right. in what's called the Bama Boys, and they got <laughs> four guys that all met at Auburn and started cooking, and, and they got in, and, and they some a couple of them did hot, hot fish and a few different places, but one of the cooks that was there cooking was the head chef owner of Helen. And apparently I think Helen is named after his grandmother 
and he was kind of telling me all the story. And I'd had a few beverages that they had paired with my one meal, so a little fuzzy on all the details he gave me. But it was really neat to see some of you know these yeah. profile. And and that brings me to Birmingham being now a a, a foodie hub. I it really is. Go yeah. to Birmingham to to eat, and, and you know, ten years ago, you didn't think of Birmingham that way. You, you know, you thought of UAB, right? UAB yep. and the Barons and the financial hub. Like now, you go to Birmingham and you know. You're going to get a, a high-quality James Beard five-star meal. That's Yeah, it's pretty cool, and, and the attention it gets. I've, uh, even in, like, the Wall Street Journal, that's what uh, that's where I do a lot of my reading, you know, online. Uh, but, yeah, but I've seen some of those profiles, you know, like what to do in Birmingham, and it was pretty cool, you know. Uh, and also, I uh, did a podcast uh, back in the winter. It was uh, three guys from New York. They're a development and a design team. Uh, they have a, a site, basically a finance guy and a deal guy, you know, finance and deals guy, an architect, and then a builder. And so that, and they're all team, you know, and that's a pretty good combination, you know, they can pretty much, and they're working out in New York, uh, but one of the guys mentioned, uh, he mentioned his two favorite restaurants and one of them was Helen. And I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. cool guy from New York talking about Helen. Uh, nice. But yeah. And so, yeah, so I think we'll see, you know, as far as the recession goes, you know, we'll see how severe it is, but I'm kind of with you. I think, you know, especially down there on the coast, I just don't really see the coast slowing down very much. Uh, it's just got too much going for it. You know, the coast, uh, most people down here say that the oil spill was, was more detrimental than, than the financial crisis. Yeah, that was a rough summer. Um, that, that was. Now, unfortunately, yeah. that summer I was down here, and I, I, it's kind of like having the island all to yourself. It was, it was, yeah. it was quasi-nice, but yeah, if you owned a business, you were definitely, definitely free out and Right. Now, I know several of uh, that, that nice checks from BP, you know, for that for that tough time, and yeah, that was some of the thinking we were thinking back when when COVID hit too. Um, little story I was going to mention earlier is, so Beachwell Properties was named the 2019 Coastal Alabama Small Business of the Year. Now that's not the best vacation rental company. We were the best small business in the area. So, I mean, well, congr- we congratulations. On- that's quite so, an honor. That's well, uh, thank you. Yeah. So, so we go to black and white night, you know, we got, I've got my, my black suit on, my wife's all dressed up and we get, you know, we knew we were in the running, but we didn't know if we were going to win for sure. So mm-hmm. we win the award. I mean, we're ecstatic. I mean, it was just a, it was a great moment. Well, that's February the 9th of 2020. Within six weeks from that, we went from being small business of the year to, oh my God, we have a business. Like, you know, right. the, the beaches get shut down. I mean, people could still rent condos, could still rent houses, you know, from us. But sure. nobody was coming down here because you couldn't go out. You know, restaurants open. Uh, we had a handful of pet-friendly houses that people rented so that they could work remotely. Right. Uh, yeah. Here. Yeah. Just but, just just for a change of scenery, I guess. Exactly. But yeah, we. I, I was considering. I was looking at my wife. I'm like, do we even? Yeah. You know, we even know what this is going to be. Do we know the timestamps? I mean, we were. We were, if you want to call us lobbyists, I mean, we were calling, you know, our local senator or our local rep, you know, you know, what can we do to get the beaches back open? We were trying to scream, hey, the research says spread out, you know, the beaches spread out activity. I mean, we were yeah. doing anything, anybody that could hear us, we could. Uh, we made some good uh, political relationships, I guess, through all of that. But um, I will say, I mean, obviously it's changed because of growth, but when Governor Ivey made the announcement, which we, we had some, I guess you would call it insider, we heard rumbling through the city that she was going to announce opening the beaches at 11. So okay. I went and opened up my office, had everybody back there in the office ready to go. She announced beaches open, I think it was right at 11. 
And from 11 to 5 p.m. that day, we probably had the highest call volume. And at that time, it was our single largest sales day since we had wow. been there. And what, uh, what month would that have been in? Uh, that, would have been, that was April 28th. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, certain dates that started my head at April 20, yeah, That's right. Was a big one. Yeah, I yeah. remember. Yeah, March 13th. It was Friday the 13th. We were on spring break when the when the news hit. You know, we were actually in Gulf Shores. We were uh, with the same friends at that place on Little Lagoon, and and yeah, yeah, it was because uh, they were like, but yeah, but by late April, you know, th- people had kind of figured out this and that, and I, I immediately thought, you know, like outdoor recreation, like Lake Martin you know, or, you know, or any recreational lake, you can obviously, you know, stay safe out there. Same with the beach, it's outdoors, you know, and most of the stuff you do there is, you know, so it's, uh, so I had a feeling that, you know, unfortunately stuff got back to normal relatively soon, relatively quick and, uh, and hats off to the governor, you know, for making that announcement. And in hindsight, that was the correct thing to do. There was no need to keep them closed any longer. Oh, exactly. I mean, we were, you know, I, I hate to even admit this on the podcast, but, yeah, once that day was kind of let loose, you know, our little community down here kind of went to business as usual. I mean, you had, you had mask wearers, you had places you had to wear masks or whatnot. Right. But I mean, if, if you were California and somehow found a way to get in a car and drive to, to Orange Beach, you would have thought we had gone back in time. I mean, it was, uh, it, it was, it was, yeah, sometimes I talk to people from other parts of the country and they kind of look at me funny like, Y'all weren't, y'all weren't really too masked up. Y'all were just running around. Everything was open. Right, was right. Like, I'm kind of like, and you kind of look at it and you don't know what it's kind of like, yeah, like, yeah, we were fine. And that was the thing I always wanted to share. The rooftops was like, come down here and run your science study on, on the beach. We've got people from all over the country driving down here, coming here for you know, three days to a week and driving out of here. And our numbers didn't spike. Like, it didn't it actually, Orange Beach's numbers spike during the low season, not during the busy season. Okay. So, yeah, it, I can't explain the science to that. Um, and I, I got my vaccines, and I didn't catch COVID. And I think everybody at this probably caught it. We didn't get it until I'd actually gone to Steamboat Springs to go skiing. And, the, uh, and when we got back from Steamboat, someone kind of rough and, and took a test. And I had, I had like one day I felt like I had cold symptoms. And after that, I was I was fine. Now my wife, she got more of the more of the fever and the chills, and I had to yep. sleep for a couple of days. But yeah, it yep. everybody differently. It's wild, and, and I yeah. know this is a COVID podcast, but it, it affected real estate. I mean, it, it, it did. <laughs> it well, yeah, the co- yeah, the co- and and on the housing end, you know, it looks like the pandemic housing boom, at least nationwide, is pretty much done. You know, because uh, in uh. NAR, their existing home sales came out this morning, uh, and nationwide home sales down 20%, you know, from mm. a year ago. And that's from, you know, and that sounds like a big decline, but that's from essentially from an, you know, from a record high. Uh, cause you know, this time last year, we were still pretty much in the pandemic housing market, uh, and price growth is moderating down a little bit, uh, which is, you know, which is healthy. It's been an overdrive for a while, but, uh, but Hunter, uh, I really appreciate, uh, you joining us today. Uh, and also your support of the center, but any final thoughts as we sort of wrap it up here? No, uh, I, I do want to say to any of our listeners, I hope most of y'all roll titers. Um, I'm excited about the season. The, the scuttlebutt I'm hearing from, from uh, Chris's facility is that, uh, it is the, oh no, that's the Thomas, like Thomas Sewell is the baseball, Hank Chris is the indoor facility, right? 
Trying to remember. <laughs> I'm not sure, but 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 football, <laughs> yeah. I got it's the Malmore, it's the Malmore facility now. Regardless, let's just say the football practice facility. I've yep. heard that Coach Saban is very happy with this team where it is. Yep. Um, the additions that we've brought in from the uh, from the uh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, the portal um, are all looking to be starters. Um, I, I've talked to friends that are Auburn and LSU fans, and they are not ready to see us move everybody down. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I got the Heisman, got the Heisman winning quarterback. Come, you know, Bryce Young, obviously uh, returning, um, and and yeah, and it's. Uh, one thing I love about, you know, football on the horizon is, well, I'll have something to watch on Thursday nights, you know, the NFL game, whatever it is, or the college game. But also, there's always a surprise in the SEC, you know, or any conference, you know, a team that kind of comes out of nowhere and is competitive, you know, a team that's overhyped. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I'm feeling pretty good about it uh, at the moment. Um, I don't know I don't know what's going on down at Auburn, but, hey, uh, I guess we'll meet. We'll, we'll resolve that on the field, right <laughs> after Thanksgiving. Absolutely, but uh, but yeah, no other final thoughts on real estate. Again, I, I'm still bullish on things. Like we mentioned, there'll be a little bit of a pill back, but I don't think we'll see things extreme as 07, 08. Um, you know, shameless plug. If you're if you're coming down to the beach or you're looking for a beach place, uh, my website is beachballproperties.com. Uh, my phone number is 251-968-8896. I'm sure you'll probably tag this in the podcast as well. So for sure. You know, if you're if you're if you're looking for a rental, hit us up for sure. You'll you'll definitely get roll tide service here. And uh, if any of you happen to have an investment property and, and and just want to at least get a free consultation on on how it's doing or what it could be, yeah, it's, it's completely free. That's one of the resources. Yeah, we we are resource people. We we have an ROI calculator on our website for for people to look at their investment, what they think they can do. So um, I want to be the resource to, to any of your listeners out there um, as somebody that can, that can help them out with anything Gulf Coast oriented. Indeed. Yeah. And so uh, I'm going to check out that calculator on the website. That sounds really cool. And uh, Absolutely. well, wonderful. Well, Hey, I've really enjoyed it, Hunter. It's been a great episode and I uh, look forward to seeing you at some acre events coming up. That's right. Roll Tide and come have a ball at the beach. All right. Roll Tide. All right. Thank y'all for joining us. Take care. This has been the Real Estate Matters Podcast produced by the Alabama Center for Real Estate. Listen on Apple Podcast, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Podbean, or just ask Alexa to play the Real Estate Matters Podcast.